Happy Monday, friends. Today's episode brings Kevin Lungai. He is a friend as well as one of the most genuine people I know. He shares the importance of truly spreading kindness throughout the communities and especially teaching the youth of today the importance of inclusivity and diversity and really getting to know each other's backgrounds and also really diving deep into your own identity and being accepting of who you are. Listen, enjoy, and have a great day. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, yeah, can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Uh, good, good. It's a bit busy day so far. Uh, I just got done volunteering for a tennis group um, based in like uh, Northeast or yeah, North, or I guess it's in, like Brooklyn Center. It's called Camden Town. That's called- oh, okay. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate this. <clears throat> yeah, this is exciting. I think yeah, I- that you're posting. I didn't realize that um, June is Mental Health Awareness Month for Men. I so, didn't know that either until I saw that post. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, and that's. I think that's important because I feel like a lot of guys don't share like their not their feelings, but you know, like how they're feeling mentally, uh, physically, anything like that um specifically mentally so I think it's important um but anyways for the listeners out there share a little bit more about who you are yeah a little bit more about me so uh I would say that I'm an advocate for building communities uh by bridging people together through commonalities uh so I guess during the day uh you can see myself you can see me as a salesforce administrator um and I manage donor records gift records for an organization called youth frontiers uh we're based in Minneapolis um, and then at night, you can either find me uh, coaching tennis. Um, I've been coaching tennis um, for students as young as five years old. And the oldest student that I've worked with was in their 80s. Um, but within the tennis realm, I'm currently the head girls tennis coach for Chaska High School, JV Boys. No coach. shit. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I played tennis. A... I don't know if you know this, but I played tennis for Chaska, but that was many, <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, so that's kind of a. And I guess I got into the coaching realm because of my time at Gustavus. I was able to mm-hmm. work for the Tennis and Life Camps program down there. So started off as an instructor and then kind of weaved my way through um, kind of the full-time staff. Um, and I left there as the assistant director of operations for them. So wow, was, yeah, I was there f- cool. from 2015 and I left in 2020, I want to say, like tail end of 2020, um, almost 21. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I was able to, so that's what really kicked start, started my tennis career and then with that organization, actually with both organizations, Tennis and Life and um, Youth Frontiers, we talk about just like, how can we like be better people? So mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of where I found like my passion in terms of like building, you know, building communities, just trying to be kind to one another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also am actually just recently kind of uh, not really related, but I just got my pickleball certification too. So I'm starting to coach pickleball. Oh my gosh. As well, so. That's awesome. Think- my mom yeah. loves pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's, I mean, I got, got into it through my dad, so he started playing tennis, but then as he yeah. aged um, and his joints weren't able to do a lot more lateral movement, he's transitioned to pickleball, and so rather than just leaving him in the dust, I've decided, you know, I'll pick up pickleball as well, and I've been able to yeah. find some some joy through it as well. So what got you into, uh, you know, like the youth frontier and just kind of being involved in the community in general besides the coaching aspect with the youth? Yeah, so it ultimately actually did, did begin um, through my work at Tennis and Life Camps. Um, so a little snippet as to what it is. It's a summer camp program that mm-hmm. focuses on tennis, but then the life aspect is like, how can we just be better people? Um, the camp was founded by uh, the former men's tennis coach, Atkins Davis. His name is Steve Wilkinson. Um, he's passed away, um, but he's his legacy still lives on through the camps. Um, and through that, you know, we have campers as young as um, seven years old, and then, you know, people who've pretty much played tennis their whole life. So that's where I met my 80 year old um, student was through that camp. Um, And uh, we do junior camp programs, adult camp programs, and then what we call family camps, which is kind of the whole array of of students. And um, I was able to meet uh, my current CEO at Youth Frontiers through Tennis and Life. Um, His name is Joe Cabanaugh. He and his family um, were family campers there. Um, and just because of the mission of Tennis and Life and Youth Frontiers were so similar, um, Joe kind of encouraged uh, the Youth Frontiers staff to say, hey, like, if, or the Tennis and Life staff, like, hey, like, if you are looking for um, a, 
you know, an internship after graduating from college, because a lot of the instructors at Tennis and Life were college age students. But if okay. you know, to get an internship, he'd love to have us uh, work for Youth Frontiers, um, you know, just to kind of kind of help kind of align ourselves in terms of before like getting into like the real world. Um, so we were able to start that pipeline between Tennis and Life camp instructors and um, the Youth Frontiers um, interns. So mm -hmm. that's kind of my introduction um, through to Youth Frontiers. Um, so after graduating from Gustavus, um, I worked at Youth Frontiers um, through their internship program uh, for, I think it was like eight or nine months. Um, I don't remember. I, I did extend it because, um, believe it or not, um, I studied accounting at Gustavus. Uh, even though really? Nothing really. Sounds so Asian. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of was. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, so my option, I guess the, the selections I had for myself were either accounting or chemistry. Those were the two courses I took at Chaska, um, at, at okay. Chaska Middle School. They were like, well, you know, like I could see myself doing this. That, you know, was sustainable. You know, like, you know, you know, yeah. you know, you know parents are like, you, you shouldn't. I'm be surprised they didn't have you. I was gonna say, I'm surprised they didn't have you like go into nursing or being a doctor because those are my choices. <laughs> I didn't have any or engineering. That was so. There was, I had three choices. <laughs> so I mean, I already ruled out um, nursing and like the medical field because like I can't like take blood like it's just it that <laughs> freaks yeah. me um like engineering eh, it wasn't something that I really saw myself doing it's just like I would I am a hand like a hands-on type person and like mm -hmm. it, it fascinates me but I just I think it just goes way over my head um yeah and so then you have accounting which is the most boring kind of black and white career that yeah. still makes decent uh, I guess Filipino parent uh, approved money you know like it, it's yeah. a practical <laughs> yeah. career they yep. make money in that aspect. So I was like, well, I guess I can do accounting. Uh, well, actually, mm -hmm. I, I did consider chemistry, but after my senior year of high school, I can, I took both like a, an, I guess an accelerated level of accounting and chemistry class and chemistry okay. was a little too much for me. So I kind of defaulted. Wow, they had accounting at um, Chaska when you were yeah, there? Like, That's wild. One, <laughs> one with two. It's, it was like super basic, you know, it's just Teacher. I had a, I took a, a accelerated chemistry as well, but with uh, Mr. Linnaeus, I think his name was. Oh yeah, well, was I, he still I, there? I, I don't know. I graduated in 05, so. Yeah, well, Linnaeus was more in the STEM, like he did a lot of like the physics and chemistry. Oh, if I remember, but got it. Um, I, I well, I think Ridland would have been maybe. I think he was in like the. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Like, classes, but. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's, it's so hard because the uh, Filipino parents are just, they're very good at strong arming us. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, they do it out of compassion. I'd say, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's yeah, it's definitely like they, they mean well, but at the same time, it's like, can I like just do art or, you know, like something, yeah, just <laughs> something that you're passionate about versus something that's gonna, you know, make like you practical. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, so that's, oh, go, no, on. go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's awesome that you are now involved with that. I mean, did you growing up, were you involved in like community aspects as well with like youth groups or anything like that? So in terms of like youth work, I never really got involved in it until like college. I think that's kind of my first kind of experience with it. Um, I mean, I was definitely involved in, I guess, I guess you could say the community, but more of like the school kind of functions. Like I, in high school, I was, I made it as high as vice president of our student council. I was involved in all the bands. So you got marching band, pep band, jazz band. Okay. Um, you know, I was also part of the tennis teams. Um, obviously, I, you know, I was captain of the boys team and then I also helped manage the girls team in the fall. Um but yeah, so I guess I was very involved. And I mean, student council really kind of helped me with that because mm -hmm. you know, when we're planning for school activities, you have to talk to different um, like faculty and staff members to get things organized. You have to reach out to different community vendors when you're renting out these facilities for these events. So yeah, in that aspect, I was connected, um, but never did I imagine myself working with youth. Um, yeah. Well, Gustavus. So, and then I guess it really solidified when I worked at Youth Frontiers. Um, just because it, I, so with my role as uh, part of the internship program, um, we were treated as if we were full-time staff members. So mm -hmm. uh, what Youth Frontiers does is it works with students, educators, community leaders. Um, and then we just essentially just talk about community uh, value or character traits. So I was focused primarily on the student side of things. So we've got 
students from fourth to 12th grade is kind of what we cater to with that. Um, and for fourth and fifth graders, we talk about kindness. Uh, seventh and eighth graders, we talk about courage. Um, ninth and 10th graders, we talk about respect. And then there are, there are other programs for the older students, but I just kind of worked on those three topics. Um, mm-hmm. We would go to the schools or, you know, it, the schools will rent out a community space. Um, and so we would meet um, the schools where they're at. And then we would just work with those students on, um, for that day, talking about whatever character trait we, um, was assigned for them. Um, and then, you know, next day we'd work with another school. So it's just working with all these different communities um, and the different kinds of students where I kind of found value um, in, in youth work. Because like, you know, at the start of the day, you'd have like a lot of like rowdy kids who just probably mm-hmm. um, thought, you know, this is just like a time for me to goof off. But then, you know, once we start talking about these things, like, hey, like, you know, you can be kind to one another or, you know, you can actually stand up for yourself and be courageous. Um, you know, things like that, you know, it kind of clicks with them and it, you yeah. kind of see the shift in not just in one student, but like the entire room. And then you're like, wow, you know, I can actually like control like how I behave as a person, mm-hmm. um, you know, for good or for worse. And then it's just, it's really powerful to see those things in kids. So, you know, through that work, it really kind of energized me to continue doing stuff like that, even though like currently today, um, at least with my role in Youth Frontiers, it's not directly that impacted. Like, I don't, I don't go out and still do these retreats. Yeah. Uh, unless it's a one-off. Uh, there was actually a case this year where I was called um, at 7 a.m. in the morning um, just to help, uh, help a staff member out because we were short staff that day. And it's been, it was been five years since I've done these retreats, but yeah, for more or less, I'm not doing these programs still. So, um, but it's the mission that we do here that really kind of drives me to, to, to do the role that I'm doing now as, as a database administrator for, within Salesforce. Yeah, no, of course. And I think that that's huge, especially because youth in general, I just feel like they just need some sort of direction. Cause even like looking back at when, you know, like I was in middle school, even like there's just so many different changes that you're going through that you, you need some sort of way to really figure out like why you're feeling the way you're feeling or like, how do I express myself in a way that's not going to come off as bitchy or you know whatever it is um so I think that's amazing that you're doing that with the youth because I think you know courage as you had said kindness like those those are such important traits that I feel like we as humans and even as adults need to be reminded of mm-hmm. so that's that's awesome and and how long have you been doing it now so you said after college you got the internship and now how long has it been since yeah, so um, I guess my timeline was graduated from college in 2017, um, and then I did my summer at Tennis and Life Camps, uh, and then went to Youth Frontiers um, in that fall. So I guess fall of 2017 is when mm-hmm. I started at Youth Frontiers for the internship, and then March of 2018, um, I got an offer back at Gustavus to work full-time at Tennis and Life, um, okay. where I was initially, uh, my role was recruitment and outreach specialist, so my my position was to really actually so it's funny because I guess it was still connected to youth at that time mm-hmm. um, so I was my goal was to recruit campers to come so current t- tennis and life campers to go to Gustavus um, was kind of my role there so I was just trying to recruit students to to become Gustavus um, undergrad students um, mm-hmm. and then I was there for for two years full-time um, and then I eventually got promoted to become the assistant director of operations for them so I that's where I um, was that was my last position with them um, okay. and yeah during I think I want to say it was like 2020 January or something like that um, I got a call from um, the Youth Frontiers's um, accounting department um, a buddy of mine and he's like hey like we are looking for someone to help manage our data data database for our donors um, at the yeah. time we were a program called Razor's Edge um, and I guess I forgot to mention like when I was doing my internship with them so I started off doing the programs but then I had mentioned early on during that experience that I wanted to also get some office work because, I mean, mm-hmm. at the time, I still saw myself doing some sort of like business type thing. Yeah, down- like nine to five job kind of thing. Yeah. So I was like, I wanted some like practical office experience. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, I think this was during December of 2017. Um, there was an opportunity to help me uh, have me support the um, donor relations or like the fundraising department here. So um, I was able to actually tap into um, the Razor's Edge database and kind of help them kind of like manage that. So, so you know, fast forward to 2020, um, I got the call from the accounting department saying, hey, like, can you help 
you know, work for us full time running that database that you, um, you know, have a very service level experience with. I'm like, yeah. well, I was actually looking for another job. So this is good timing. So I uh, had a conversation with a couple of staff members here at Youth Frontiers and it all kind of aligned to what I was looking for professionally. So uh, I got hired full time, I think I want to say March of 21 at that point. Um, so, yeah, I think it was actually tail end of 2020. Um, and then I got uh, hired on fully on, you know, March of 21. So, yeah, that's kind of, and then I've been here since we've, there's been a couple of changes, you know, mm -hmm. um, pre-pandemic, the, the organization here used to be 60 plus staff members. Um, and then with the pandemic, uh, we cut a ton of our staff. So they were down to, gosh, was it like 10 or 20 staff members? So like over half of our staff were gone. And part of it was because of, you know, the restrictions of like, you know, you can't really gather. And that's exactly what yeah. we do frontiers. You know, we're going to schools. We have our hands all around each other. And a lot of our staff yeah. um, were those um, program staff members. So the people facilitating, facilitating those retreats. So, you know, unfortunately, we had to let a lot of that staff go. Um, but, you know, we've slowly been rebuilding at this point, uh, which I'm thankful for, you know, that we're still, yeah. um, you know, we're still in existence. A lot of people thought, you know, that we wouldn't really make it, um, but we've really adapted. We've actually converted one of our conference rooms here into a virtual studio. Where we're able to do some virtual um, programming, which has which really helped us kind of kind of just coast through, throughout the pandemic. And then as things have kind of um, eased off, we've been able to go back to our regular in-person programming. Okay, that's awesome. And as far as you know, working through Youth Frontier or even just coaching in general, what's been your biggest takeaway as an adult and kind of interacting with the youth of today yeah I mean it's it's interesting to see you know like um as a kid you know for me personally like I, I can mm -hmm. say like man when I was a kid I thought I was like hot shit you know like right. I thought I knew everything I thought I knew like um I knew I thought I knew everything um mm -hmm. so you know coming into back into the youth space as an adult who's been through all these experiences it's it's so yeah. fascinating to see um, kind of their mindset and how they behave. Um, you know, I see a lot, a little bit of everything, a lot of kids who think they know it all, a lot of kids who are kind of just shy and timid and will kind of just really follow any order, um, mm -hmm. like you know, that you, you tell them. Um, so it's kind of the whole spectrum here. But um, I guess for me, it's just, this is such prime opportunity for these kids to really gain experiences, um, to, to get value through like mentorship. Um, and that's yeah. kind of, I see myself as, you know, adults, member in the communities like I'm, I'm here to mentor these kids um, whether it's through tennis coaching or if it's through, through like just supporting the team here at the frontiers by pr promoting the character traits that we have it's just I want to make sure that these kids um, get the support that they need to thrive so that they can be the future leaders um, of, of the future you know um, yeah for sure. I think um, I was gonna like it's it's really powerful to see that there are like set members of the community um, the first thing that comes to mind are like educators who are set mm -hmm. to, to be that role model. But um, I think it's important that we as just regular members of the society to also step up and help these people. Um, I'm not sure if you have any friends who are in education or are familiar. I do actually. That like a lot I... of teachers just dipping left and right, you know, it's yeah. as a society, we've put so much pressure on these teachers um, and it, mm -hmm. it's causing burnout. I mean, rightfully so, you know, like we, we oh, have yeah. so much we expect so much from them. Granted, there we give them such little resources for them to do the job, mm -hmm. the the bare minimum that we are asking them to do. But they go up and beyond what they're doing um, yeah. to support them. But I think as members of society, it, it it should be kind of a whole community collaborative to make sure that we are supporting one another. Um, and it's it's important that we are supporting educators, we're supporting students, we're supporting each other. You know. Um, yeah. So I see that as kind of my role. So like. You know, sure, I'm a tennis coach uh, at Chaska High School, but like I tell my students, like, hey, like if if there's anything I can do for you all, um, you know, in the classroom, mm -hmm. anything like that, just let me know. Like I I know some of the faculty and staff still at Chaska. Like we want to make sure that you succeed, and we want to make sure that you have the right resources. Yeah. Um, so don't feel like you have to got you have to struggle. You know, like you have to, like yeah. you got to stand up for yourself first of all. Be courageous. Right. You got to make sure mm -hmm. that you. Um, understand kind of where you're coming from and that you are finding the right people um, and that like that we're here for you so um, I think with students it's I think it I'd say it's definitely more normalized compared to my experience like at least for me like I yeah 
I've, I've noticed that a lot of these students, they're, they're more open to speaking up over things that they're struggling with, um, which yeah. I think is great. Um, it, it's good for them to have recognition of like, you know, that they're struggling and then that they mm-hmm. know that there, there's a solution at hand. They just have to express it. Whereas for me, when I was struggling with a couple of things, you know, maybe I'll be like, yeah, it's happening. But if, if no one else is expressing it, I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's just me, right? I, I'm, I'm probably yeah. the one who's, who's failed here. So I got to come up with a solution myself because if no one else is struggling here, but I've seen it a lot of times um, today throughout, throughout my work with, with kids that like, People aren't afraid to speak up, which is great. So I, yeah. I hope that needs to be the case. And I just hope that as a society, we're able to provide the resources that they need uh, to get the support that, that they're looking for. Yeah, no, for sure. And when you had gone through struggles or whatever it was in your experiences in the past, what was something that helped you kind of not necessarily get over it, but like, what did you do yourself to kind of create that mind shift for yourself? Because I agree because when I was when I was younger too, there wasn't really a lot of talk about like mental health, depression, anxiety, any of that stuff. And it was more so catered to, oh, you're just you're just stressed out because of school or you know, you just have all this stuff on your plate. So was there something um, you know, like a pivotal moment in your life or that really helped you realize that like, no, like I need to speak up, I need to um express how I'm feeling, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, part of it, I, I'd say it kind of depends on, you know, the the community or the circle that you're surrounded in. So mm-hmm. um, for those listening that aren't super familiar with Chaska, Minnesota, you know, it's a predominantly white community. Um, yep. And as Filipino American, I was, I was different, right? You know, like mm-hmm. people could tell that, um, like, I, my experience growing up wasn't the same as my peers. So like, I just felt like I had to kind of like seal, seal things up um, so that like, people wouldn't see me as the other because I feel like as kids like you know we strive to to be accepted in community but mm-hmm. and then like you know being an other is kind of frowned upon so for me rather than kind of highlighting my 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 differences that I had from my peers I kind of just seal that all up try to kind of try to blend in with my with my peers um yeah. and kind of just rode with that throughout the entire time at high school so like Sure, there's a couple of things that I may have struggled with, but I kind of just sealed it up, just like kind of just plowed right through it and kind of found a way to to get past, you know, high school just to graduate. Right. So yeah. it wasn't until I got into Gustavus where I realized that, hey, like, you know what I like and, and, and that's where kind of a lot of the shift happened was because I was surrounded by a different community. And mm-hmm. I, I'll say that this is probably relevant with any like institute I guess any other community that is outside of what you're typically used to um mm-hmm. you know so I mean Gustavus it, it still isn't as diverse as Chaska it's probably it's definitely a predominantly white college uh, mm-hmm. but I think the thing that really changed for me was that the students of color that were there or um that at least I interacted with they came from communities that were that were a lot different from Chaska so they were able to share their insights with me yeah um, growing up so um, and I guess part of it too is um, I was involved with um, Agustavis when I was a student. It used to be called the Diversity Center, uh, but mm-hmm. then now they changed the the name of that building to the Center of Inclusive Excellence. Um, so I was able to interact with a couple of students there, and they really cha- challenged me to um, think beyond the ways that I was used to. Um, yeah. So you know, when it comes to like advocating for yourself, um, you know. Uh, the importance of, you know, diversity and just making sure that you're surrounding yourself with different minded people, you know, not just, not just people who look different from you, but also like who have different, you know, thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. different political beliefs or religious beliefs, you know, really that whole array of different identities and making sure that you are um, under, that, that you're aware that there's, people have differences and it's okay to have those differences. It's just like trying to find um, how we can be, um, how we can find our similarities but not judging not compressing your your differences but yeah being proud of it but just acknowledging that hey we have similar similarities and that's how I like that's what built what that's what brings us together as as a community so yeah it was honestly through that um you know people that I've interacted with um in courses at Gustavus really um mm-hmm. taught me how to take I guess mental health and um, advocating for myself a lot differently. So, you know, I can't say back in high school, I did a whole lot of things that helped promote like healthy well-being. So like, yeah. um, I think the bare minimum was like, sure, I was eating food. Sure, I was drinking water. Sure, I, I slept yeah. a couple of hours. The basic but, life needs kind of thing. Yeah, 
Yep. Um, but, you know, during my time at Gustavus, I was able to really explore other uh, methods of kind of promoting, um, you know, well-being. So, you know, outside of, you know, fitness, um, getting adequate amount of sleep, proper hydration, eating well, you know, I was introduced into uh, like meditation, you know, whether it's a guided meditation or mm -hmm. uh, if it's just like a body scan, you know, those were some techniques that I learned throughout my time at Gustavus. Um, the idea of gratitude, um, just, you know, practicing gratitude, being thankful for the blessings that we all have um, yeah. was something that was, that I guess was made clear to me during my time there. Um, I also explored um, faith a little bit more in depth, you know, growing up, I grew up Catholic. Um, yeah. Um, and I mean, that's typical, I guess, typical <laughs> thing, but um, yeah. <laughs> religion in, in depth. And I guess, so I guess to back it up, like with, with church, when I grew up, it was just something my family did. So I was like, all right, I'll do it too. But I never really found like a deeper meaning with it. Mm -hmm. I just, thought, well, parents went to church. I went to church. Like it just never was something. Yeah. That it was, was like every Sunday you had to go like, mm -hmm. yep. It just, I, I didn't find a, a deeper purpose behind it. But then when I was at Gustavus, um, you know, I was exploring different, like I, I had some friends from, from who had different um, religious beliefs. So I was able to kind of explore those things, but then um, being, you know, Christian, I wanted to dive deeper into it since I had some friends who, who, who experienced church differently from me. So I was like, like, mm -hmm. I'm curious as to like, why, why do, why do they do that? So, um, you know, I was part of a, a Bible study at one point at Gustavus. I used to go to something called Proclaim, which was just kind of uh, like Tuesday night worship where you'd sing mm -hmm. songs like that. So I was really able to dive into faith a little bit more. Um, and, you know, found a couple of like Bible verses that I, and I guess, yeah, growing up, I never really read the Bible, but going by yeah. doing this club and talking to people, like I was able to really find, like, look at scripture as, as ways as um, to help kind of support my, um, to help support me, um, my, my well-being. So um, I felt like that was really powerful. And, you know, there are a couple of Bible verses that I still kind of keep true to myself, especially during those low times. Yeah. Um, that help kind of ground me. Um, but then let's see what else I talked about. Gratitude. Uh, I think, I don't think I said journaling, but journaling was also another thing that was uh, introduced to me at college. Um, I guess more of, I was encouraged to do. I mean, I knew journaling before, but I would never really yeah. did that personally. So um, people told me, Hey, like you should journal and stuff. So I like, started doing that. I mean, that's a practice that was very infrequent for me, but like, I just, I have found value for doing that. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just definitely like just finding different crowds of people who encouraged yeah. me to try different things. Cause you know, back in high school, these weren't things that my, my circle was really um, doing. So like, I wasn't really aware of those things. Um, or at least maybe we didn't talk about, it. maybe is a better way of saying that. Um, but just when I went to Gustavus, like that's where I was really introduced and encouraged to try these things. And I found benefit to doing yeah. that. So that's where I was able to really kind of explore um, doing those things. And that really helped me in the, in that, in that journey. Well, and I, it's interesting because I didn't realize how many parallels we had with each other because um, one, obviously, like we both went to Chaska, Filipino American, um, and then I actually ended up going to St. Thomas, which is similar to Gus Davis in the sense of like, there's more predominantly white, but then there was diversity, but it wasn't, I guess, St. Thomas was just like a whole different, it was just weird because I was like, I didn't expect myself to go to a private school after going to public school my whole life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it helped really broaden my viewpoints on things and how I felt about myself. Cause the longest time I would always be like, I'm like the only Brown person, like in my group of friends or, you know, like I, I would actually get embarrassed, um, when my friends would come over because like my house would smell like, like blood, you know, like fish, like so it was just like little things like that with like our culture that I would get embarrassed about. And I don't know if it was because we grew up in a predominantly white community or, um, you know, I just didn't really accept who I was as a person or whatever it might be. But now that I've gotten older and really dive deep into even just like the Filipino history, it's just, I have a more of like newfound appreciation for it in a sense. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I just felt like, I almost like felt like I was more white than, than Filipino at yeah, no, times sure. at school. Oh, definitely. And I think that part of it too, I don't know if this speaks to your experience, but for me, at least like I, as I mentioned earlier, like, I think we just all strive to be part of a, of a community, mm -hmm. of a group. And I mean, 
my best friend Ray was the only other Filipino. Well, I guess okay, there are other there's like one or two other Filipinos outside of Ray, but like we we uh we were a very small group, a very small population in a sea of white. So like yeah, me and and granted, I I also preface like at the time we didn't really know kind of like I guess I'll say uh that like. For example, for lunch, you know, like when you would go on, on field trips and stuff, you're you're asked to like bring like a bag lunch, you know. Right. I would bring like I remember like I would bring like adobo, pancit, you know, other like Filipino yeah. like, type foods, and people have their lunchables, and I'm like, and then like right. when they see you open up your lunch, like, ooh, what is that? And granted, you know, like I'm sure they meant it in a in a in a mindset of curiosity, not as a, mm-hmm. not from judgment, but for me, I'm missing some of these social cues, and I'm like, oh shoot, like they don't. Yeah. Like, they, I'm weird because I've got not a Lunchable. So like, right. So then, or like a bag of like those little chips, like the snack chips. <laughs> so it's just like, right, great. Well, I'm just going to not bring this food anymore because I don't want people to be asking me questions. Mm-hmm. So that's like where I start, you know, suppressing some of my true identity. You know, um, I would not speak beside on the phone with my parents because my friends, if they're nearby, they're, they, they just stare at you and like, oh, yeah, this is alien talking. Like, like, well, great. Now I can't answer the phone next to you anymore because mm-hmm. I don't want, and, and I'm sure, and like I said, I don't think they come from like a malicious intent. Like they, I no, think it's just yeah. not aware, like it, we just don't know how to kind of cope some of these things. So it's just like, right. I just started kind of sealing parts of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where, yeah, I guess you, I was the white guy at school now because a white yeah. guy in, in an Asian body, just because like I had to suppress myself. Um, just so that I wouldn't be seen as the other. So, well, and, and it's then- so sad because it's like we, as like teens, thought it was on us, but it and like and that people themselves were the ones judging us, but in reality, we were like judging ourselves. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. And it's so sad that, but like, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, definitely get just, that. The thing is, like, as as kids we just sometimes put a false narrative out there saying that, mm-hmm. Oh God, like people, the way people are behaving is because, you know, they hate us or they think we're weird, but no grant it probably it, 10, nine out of 10 times. I'm sure people are just like, I'm curious. Like I've never seen that before. Like, can you like yeah. tell me more? It's just the fear of like, what are people thinking of, of us, you know, like, so like yeah. you just shut that down. You don't even consider any other options because you just created this false narrative because it happened once you think it's going to be true every single time moving forward. And then it yeah. just becomes a negative cycle that you, you experience. Yeah. I remember, um, I was actually getting, I think I was getting picked up from like practice or something, but my dad was, uh, speaking Visaya to me and again, kind of going back to that embarrassment. And it's like, I have nothing to be embarrassed about because that is like where I'm from. Like, that's my culture. That's that's who we are. And, but at the time I was embarrassed. I was like, can you just speak English? Like, I don't, but you know, like my dad to turn, turn it around. My dad was, he didn't like speaking English as much because his English was more broken. So I think it's, it's just kind of interesting to like now look back at everything. It's like, I was just like such a sealed off kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Which I mean, honestly, I think part of it is just because uh, like we probably didn't have mentors you know, as kids to mm-hmm. help kind of guide us, you know, like it's challenging being a first generation, um, anything to, it, to be yeah. in a brand new situation because, you know, especially in a community that doesn't have other people like you are like, you know, those identities that um, resonate most with you. It's, it's hard to know how to stand up for yourself in those times because you don't have other people who can help guide you with that. So like for us, it, it's just like, well, we're the one who has to guide ourselves. So we just yeah. do what we think is right. But you know, I think what's cool moving forward, like with the kids that I'm, uh, the coach kids that I coach for tennis, like I'm able to kind of tell them, hey, like if you're, if this is something you're passionate about, like own up to it. Like this is, that's really cool that you do that. If people are making fun of you or have any questions about it, like there, I'm sure there are at least one, maybe five other people at school who also share those types of things. Like you mm-hmm. got to find those people and be close to them. Like I didn't have anything like that um, to help kind yeah. of support me in those aspects so um, yeah I, I mean I, now that I look back I don't even think yeah I don't think we had anything or resources like that um I mean the only closest thing I might have had would have been like youth teen mass at St. Hubert's but again I was still the only Filipina like it, and it was just all and not that they weren't accepting at all but it's just it's still feeling that I was still part of like 
a quote unquote white group, you know, it's just, so I, I like that y there is now more programs today on helping the youth, not only for, um, you know, like what were you doing in like encouragement and like finding that passion and whatever it might be, but also just the whole fact that mental health is now being shared more uh, than ever. And I think that's huge because there's such a stigma in the past, even when I was in high school, even when I was in college, there was still stigma on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I guess kind of going into now that being your passion, what kind of is something that you want to see moving forward? Like, is that something that you want to continue doing or, you know, is there uh, like a nonprofit or anything like that, that you would eventually love to, to adapt or do yourself? Um, you know, I don't know if I'd want to create something brand new mm -hmm. to say. I mean, I, I don't know. I, as I am already, like I'm a little, pretty, a little too involved, like between coaching, um, yeah. and you know, my work at Youth Frontiers, I'm also involved in a couple of other like kind of committees. I'm part of the USTA Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Task Force. Um, so okay. just kind of helping promote DEI in the tennis space here in like the Midwest. Um, and, you know, I think tennis really actually takes up a lot of energy um, yeah. for me as well, being the head coach. So um, I, if anything, I like to take my current kind of situations um, and kind of make the impact a little more deeper as much as I can. So like, mm -hmm. you know, with Youth Frontiers, I'm also trying to help, I guess, <laughs> I, I didn't know this at the time. I expressed interest in being part of like a DEI um, kind of committee here, but I never really got final confirmation, but apparently I was part of that because I was asked to, uh, I was asked a question about DEI related stuff recently. So, you know, I'm yeah. trying to promote that here, um, you know, at, with Chaska Tennis, I'm just trying to make sure like, hey, like my players, like be good to one another, like how can we um, support one another, then also trying to build an alumni network through that as well. Um, and cool. I was, I was also, a um, couple years back, I was trying to kind of promote DEI in the education space in Chaska as well. I was in, I was in conversations with a couple of um, DEI staff members, uh, mm -hmm. but kind of, I don't know, with the school system, it's kind of challenging at times to get things going because there's like yeah. kind of protocols that they have to follow. Right. So it's a little more challenging that way, but I mean, I'm still hopeful that, you know, something can happen down the road here. Um, but yeah, so I'm very content with, um, in terms of like spaces that I'm in, I'm very content yeah. in, that, in that aspect, but I would really want to build the depth of impact that we have. So um, hopefully that answered your question a little yeah. bit. No, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's what you're doing. I feel like is a very important thing because again, going back to youth needing guidance at, you know, in some sort of capacity, that's, that's huge. So that's awesome that you're doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, thank you again for joining me because it was, I honestly had no idea that you were doing all of that. Um, cause I think whenever we get together, it's just like, we just get together and like have fun. You know what I mean? Like we all have our day jobs and we're all like, we get, cause we're so all like, we all have such busy lives that it's like, when we get together, it's like, we work hard, we play hard, you know? So I think um, I just, it's, it's, I love it. And I love that you're still a part of like Chaska tennis. And that's so cool. Cause I, I mean, I knew you guys played tennis. I feel like it's like a long guy trait for you guys to play tennis. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure like everyone in your family played tennis, right? <laughs> uh, not everyone. Um, but cause Eileen played tennis, didn't she? Yeah. It was just the two of us. Oh, but the your sister didn't play. No, all of oh. like the brothers played tennis. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Not all of my cousins played tennis. Got it. Okay. But yeah, no, I mean, I again, I appreciate that. And I just appreciate learning uh, the amount of work that you're putting into helping the youth and um, really kind of bringing that to the forefront. But I like to actually end with a lightning round. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Do my best. Okay. All right. Donuts or cake? Donuts. If you could be any animal, what would it be? Uh, a, a mole, like a little. Oh, right. Yeah. What? Why? So, um, so two things. First of all, uh, I guess 
are you familiar with like Super Mario and like yeah so there's this character called Monty Mole and he's just like the cutest little derpiest thing ever so I kind of relate with that but then also I feel like if I had it my way I just want to like just bury and like just dig a hole and hide from society and then only pop up when I need it when I need to That is probably one of my favorite answers thus far of all my episodes, because one, you answered that really fast (laughs) and you had like a very good reasoning for that. That's amazing. Um, What's your favorite movie? Uh, The Lego movie. Oh, that song. I can't get out of my head. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. (laughs) Such a good song. Uh, Favorite color? Green. If you, or do you have a hidden talent? If so, what is it? So I didn't think this was hidden, but apparently people didn't know that I could juggle. Like you <laughs> can? Yeah. I thought this was like common knowledge with at least like at least like my grade school friends. But yeah. I was so um which what elementary school did you go to? Chanhassen. Oh, okay. I went to Jonathan and okay. um, my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Duffy, um, he had a thing that was like he started like on like the first like couple weeks of school, but like, he would say, like, if anyone learns how to juggle. Like he will treat us to like a DQ blizzard. So, like, and of I'll, course you did. Yeah, because it was like it's a cool thing. So yeah, I learned in fourth grade because of Mr. Duffy, and I thought like, so the thing that I was shocked because like I was telling some of my high school tennis friends like, oh yeah, like let me juggle these balls, and they're like, what yeah. you can juggle? Like, did I not do this during practice sometimes? So it just... yeah, okay. So next time we get together, please juggle. <laughs> I mean. I can only juggle three items and hope like typically like spherical items. Like I have a hard time with like anything that's like a raw, like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jen usually, Jen and Ryan usually have like oranges at their house. You can juggle those. I want to see it. That's so cool. I've never been able to juggle. (laughs) Um, Favorite food. Favorite food, sushi. Oh man. Uh, I know. What does a person need to be happy? What does a person need to be happy? Um, I think something that can ground them, whether it's like a, a quote, whether it's like a quote, an item, you know, a Bible verse, you know, I've got mm-hmm. like my, my favorite one that really grounds me is Leviticus 18, six, seven, wait, six, seven. No, no, no. Sorry. Hold. I think it's Philippians, Philippians yep. four, six. Uh, it's do not be anxious about anything in every situation, uh, but in every situation by prayer uh, and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God or something like that. So just like really helps you kind of just like, hey, if you're anxious, like, don't worry about it. Just believe in me and, and I got you. So that's a good one. Um, mine would be Matthew so is it 17, 20. It's um, if you tell the mountain to move from here to there, or no, as long as you have faith as big as a mustard seed, you can move the mountain from here to there. And anything is, po- is possible because my parent, my mom would always say that to us growing up. Um, toilet paper roll over or under? Oh, you got to go over you got to go okay. over it. it just keeps on going down thank you there's someone in my office i still haven't figured out who it is but they do it under and it just it ugh, i have to change it every time um for celebrity crush first celebrity crush oh gosh um gosh who for some like megan fox comes to mind but i swear there was someone way before like like disney channel but i don't know i'm just gonna go megan megan fox just okay <laughs> Uh, have you ever seen her thumbs? No. Okay. I don't, I don't yeah. have a thumb fetish, so that probably no, makes... no, no. They're weird looking. So. <laughs> if you have the chance, Google them. Um, <laughs> most humbling experience. Most humbling experience. Oh gosh. Um. I don't know. I think. I, I know this is a lightning round, but I, I can't really. Most humbling experience. Um. It's like something that like, is there a different way that you could rephrase that? To yeah, maybe... so uh, mo- so even if it was like something that like kind of gave you like an aha moment uh, or yeah. like made you realize like what you were doing um, was working or, you know, in some sort of capacity. Working or not working? Because I got something that's yeah. not working. Yeah. So um, and actually, I, this is kind of where I like really got in depth with like my mental health journey. Um. This was back in September of 2021, I want to say. I had like my first like panic attack. And part of it was because I just, 
like I had um I remember that day vividly like it was I you know I was I had my normal like nine to five job that I was doing um I didn't drink a whole lot of water water that day because I was just super busy with work I was teaching like two tennis lessons um out in the sun and it was like pretty warm out at that point Mm -hmm. um and I was just super dehydrated but I just had like um, like a half, a, like I had a little bit left of a, of like a pre-workout that I was drinking throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I chugged it on an empty stomach. Um, oh. <laughs> and, and I remember like the night before I had very little sleep and I, so like, when I was about to go to sleep, like I, my dog, she was like scratching on the door and I thought she needed something. And like, usually like it happens like once or twice, she's going to, she'll walk away and, and like, everything's fine, but she just kept on scratching and scratching. So like, I just thought, oh God, like, there's something wrong with like, my parents or something like yeah. that. So then I just started, like, my heart just started like beating super fast. Um, and then, yeah, I had a panic. Well, I thought I was going to die. Like I thought like I, like mm-hmm. I, I was going to die. So I was like, oh shit, like I need to go to the, the hospital, but it was like actually just got a really bad panic attack. Well, my first yeah. panic attack at the time. So then, yeah, I, went to the ER that night. Um, and like, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like I, a lot of thoughts were coming to my mind. Like, I didn't know if I was having a heart attack. I didn't know if I had COVID and this was like a different symptom yeah. that people were having and stuff like that. So just all these different thoughts, um, you know, did an EKG. Um, apparently everything was healthy. Um, they gave me just some, like, they gave me some medicine that like would calm me down and then it was fine. But for me, that was a, a realization, like, holy shit, like, I need to not be as busy. I need to focus on like making sure that I'm eating food. I'm like drinking mm-hmm. water. Like I'm not just, just really pushing my, my gas tank till empty. Like that was like a, yeah. oh God, I gotta be careful because I gotta like, I don't know, like that something worse could have happened. So yeah, it's kind of me. almost like a, like a epiphany of like, you need to slow down. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well maybe I didn't need to do like, two or three tennis lessons that day maybe I should have taken you know a 10 minute break from work to just like walk and like all that so it's like all right well there there's that so yeah um what is a spot in the world that you have always wanted to travel to so like on your bucket list um well I'm more of a I'd rather explore space so can that be my answer like I, I'd love to yeah. just travel space and like go to Mars or something, visit a different like moon, go to the moon would be pretty cool. Yeah. That, hey, that's a unique answer that I have not had yet. So that's good. Uh, a song that best describes your life right now. <laughs> um, God. I... <laughs> this is, if it makes you feel any better, this one has literally been the hardest for everyone. <laughs> so a song that describes my life. Cause I mean, I have like, songs that just get stuck in my head but they don't relate to anything in my life um gosh uh, or, or maybe what's a song that you're really like vibing with right now I guess well there's the thing like vibing in terms of like it relates to me is a lot different from vibing because it's super catchy like all right I'm just gonna say the catchy song first because I just I yeah yeah there. <laughs> but Cupid by 50 50 like that's okay. a song that's just been super stuck in my head uh, just because it's super catchy, it's yep, stupid. But um, a song that like that actually has meaning that really sticks to me. Um, probably there's a uh, a song called One Two Three Four Five by M. Byhold. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just it it talks about like anxiety. So I'm like, oh, this is okay. Good. I mean, at least you have two two choices. Um, yeah. if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Ooh probably teleportation I'd love to just be able to get to any place that I want without having to worry about you know walking flying driving all that yeah um if you could get rid of one food for the rest of your life what would it be one food um honestly I don't get the point of celery like it just <laughs> thank you it's just so weird and like people are like oh yeah put peanut butter on it but it's still it's still it's just no, and it, peanut butter. yes Nasty peanut butter you're ruining good peanut butter hey i'm so glad you said that because everyone else is like i love celery i'm like but why there's there's just uh, yeah okay i agree with you on that one because celery i don't mine is peas i don't like peas mm. i do like sugar snap peas but not like the like the little regular like bald you know like the yeah 
Yeah. Um. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Would you rather marry the first person you ever dated, or stay at the job that you first had for the rest of your life? <laughs> God. Well, what happens if that job like closed down, and that's the option <laughs> that I wanted? I used to work for a Chinese restaurant called Tianjin. Uh, it was in Chanhassen. Um, I forget what's taking that spot right now. It might be the area where like the Chick-fil-A is, but um, but yeah, I used to work at that <laughs> restaurant, but they closed down. I think it was just poorly managed. Okay, maybe what if it did what if it wasn't closed down? So the between the two. <laughs> oh, those are both unique options. <laughs> Mary, the first person I dated. Okay, I don't think it. I don't think it's that bad. You know, I'll I'll do that. I'll I'll marry the first person. Okay. <laughs> Could have been um, worse. But. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard though, cause I get it. Cause my technically, like, one of my like first like really big jobs was at a retail store that no longer exists. So I get it. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite memory of us? <laughs> well. What if it's a memory that probably, like what, if, like, what if it's, like, a blacked out memory, like, you know, like of a time that we were hanging out, it was a really good vibing time, but maybe it's just, like, I don't remember it. Well, um, <laughs> we'll just say, like, how about any time, like, we're all getting together and Okay, let's say, no, the mocha run, the mocha run. Um, oh, yeah. Two, three years Which, ago. Yeah, by the way, um, September 9th, if you are wanting to do it again for the run. September 9th. I'll yeah. put it on my calendar. I, I'll text to you as well. Um, And then lastly, what is a word of advice that you'd give to today's youth? Word of advice that I give to today's youth? God, um, I would just say just be yourself um, and surround yourself with people that make you happy. Because I think a lot of times people surround themselves with people who are convenient around them, but they don't necessarily make them happy. So go out of your way and find people that um, really lift you up for who you are and not for who they think you should be. It's a good one. Well, um, I appreciate you joining me and sharing what you do because that I think that's such an important thing for the youth again, like I said. But also it was just fun to like actually dive deep into your background because I just, again, I like, I grew up knowing your family and everything, mm -hmm. but yeah. And then- adult life we just kind of have our <laughs> adult beverages <laughs> hang no, out that's good but yeah <laughs> so, good stuff. And I appreciate the opportunity being here yeah uh, yeah this has no. been a really fun experience and hopefully this serves you well it definitely served me well you know being able to talk about this yeah um, I, mean, I mean I'm very open with it it was just nice talking to more people about it so yeah no for sure and I think it also um it's it's good to get it out there um just having different backgrounds I feel like has been mm -hmm. the best part is like every person I've talked to has had similarities of you know what to do for like mentality mindset mindset shifts but it's it's more so like where they were coming from and how they kind of overcame it so it's been good it's been fun um but yeah thank you again and I will I'm sure I'll see you soon if not for sure for you better be there for my birthday party <laughs> Yeah, you sent me the message. I think I have it on my calendar, so. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, good chatting with you. Yeah, see ya. See ya. Bye.